In our Worldly Today, President Trump dismissing the Russian bounty intelligence story as a hoax meant to damage him and Republicans. The president often touts his relationship with his Russian counterpart, Vladimir Putin. The White House also responding tonight to a bombshell report accusing Russia of offering bounties to the Taliban to kill American soldiers in Afghanistan. And now you know from this reporting in the New York Times, which has since been confirmed by the Wall Street Journal, that not only does the president know that Russia was paying for American soldiers' deaths. News, get this, the Washington Post is now reporting that the alleged Russian bounties to Taliban fighters in Afghanistan are believed to have resulted in the deaths of U.S. troops. Like this New York Times story about a stunning U.S. intel assessment, finding that Russia secretly ordered, uh, offered Afghan militants bounties to kill U.S. troops. Uh, they assessed with low to moderate confidence, as you alluded to, that Russian intelligence officers sought to encourage Taliban attacks against U.S. and coalition personnel in Afghanistan. Low to moderate confidence. Low to moderate confidence. Low to moderate confidence. Welcome to Beyond Narratives, and welcome to our fifth episode. I've got my co-host here, the ever-vigilant Chris Nonis from Down Under, and I'm Al, straight NYC, the ever-hardcore leftist. Combined, we are Beyond Narratives, the podcast that combats the CIA MIC propaganda matrix and gives you a viewpoint you will not hear anywhere else. We'll also tackle stories that emanate from the nexus of the culture wars, finance, tech, and of course, politics. So let's get started. Hey, Chris, what's in your mind this week? Corporate communism. A lot of the things that's happening around us today can be linked to this phenomena. And I know there are a lot of people who listen to this and go, oh, here you go. This is another BoomerCon talking point that I'm sure this guy learned from someone like Dinesh D'Souza or something. But no, man, I mean, just have a look at everything that's around you. Let, let's... Uh, let's uh, Talk about uh, the woke leftism or whether when you see Gillette running some disastrous ad campaign about uh, toxic, toxic masculinity, which, mind you, lost them a shitload of revenue because who uses Gillette products the most? Yeah, that's right. Don't, uh, don't attack your biggest consumer base, bitch. And, uh, at the yeah, it wasn't their whole brand based on masculinity. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. I mean, uh, you're selling shit that is primarily used by men and then you i mean if you look at the history you have all these nice hot chicks with gillette uh, written around their uh, you know on their butt cheeks walking around in formula one race tracks in monte carlo and uh, yeah so you know you know where your cash cows are so why on earth would you just be so stupid enough to bite the hand that feeds you especially considering that uh, you're not going to I mean, you're not going to get any extra revenue. I mean, you might get uh, some sort of fascistic power behind it, but uh, you're going to get woke and go broke. So, yeah, and uh, also other stuff as well. I mean, when you talk about corporate communism, you can see uh, one of the leading stories right now is the so-called self-proclaimed Marxist Black Lives Matter leader who actually has... uh, uh, now we find out that she has uh, four houses and a property portfolio worth close to $3 million. 
and you can see how not only has she been outed as a fraud but you can see how the media comes in quickly to defend her i mean i've seen on twitter when this story first broke out i don't know if you noticed but they were talking about oh she has a house in one for that's worth 1.4 million dollars in california that's it doesn't buy you much 1.4 million is nothing and then uh, they all the twitter useful idiots went on to attack anyone who brought this up uh, saying that okay so you're threatened by the success of a strong black woman and they they used every freaking they used every freaking uh, <laughs> platitude and every you know every loaded term they could possibly imagine just to try and uh, discourage anyone from ever uh, you know digging further into this issue but at, now we find out that uh, she doesn't just own one house that's worth 1.4 million dollars but she owns uh, four houses uh, and she has a uh, you know rather diverse uh, <laughs> property portfolio uh, so yeah that's what i mean by corporate communism this whole idea that uh, a lot of the big corporations are working with uh, these uh, so called um you know the the stylistic uh, the cosmopolitan democ uh, <coughs> yeah 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 cosmopolitan class who likes to talk about socialism uh, you know just to sound edgy so yeah so that's what's on my mind yeah and the thing is like she was actually on a tv uh, interview like maybe 2 or 3 days ago i think and the guy asks her the same question like hey people say that this is completely like you know not, uh, hypocritical of you for like you know flaunting your wealth and living in fancy houses and she completely deflects and she goes i'm investing in my family uh, like nobody else does that right and then goes on to ramble what she does is just like everybody else but the thing is everybody else does not have 3 million dollars you idiot right and dem establishment media to the rescue to prop up these fakers man even facebook was censoring uh sharing her story because you know they had the usual bullshit they pull out like violating community guidelines and they said oh there's a you're uh, uh, sharing personal information about her i mean like every story has personal information man so they're just reaching just like the hunter biden stuff yeah exactly and uh, you can see how they came to defend for her and at the same time attack anyone who continued to expose her and uh, you and that that's why you you see a lot of these so called self style marxists or socialists on par with a lot of these big corporations say yes they claim that they are fighting the big corporations aoc says i'm fighting amazon blah 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 but when the push comes to shove they are pretty much all uh, on the same boat they are all defending each other they are all uh, attacking anyone who criticizes uh, them so definitely they are in the same club and uh, to me that pretty much is the epitome of uh, corporate communism A- at the same time you can also see that the these people who are calling themselves socialists like AOC you you s- constantly see in the media you constantly see people being harassed when they've been criticized i mean one of the big stories that emerged uh, since our last episode was uh, how one of these uh, guys they got a visit from the a california state trooper or or the police for speaking ill of aoc on a tweet 
I think. Oh, he he didn't even speak ill of her. He just uh, he just said uh, he uh, he sort of took a tweet that she he pulled out a tweet and asked, said that this hardly looks like resistance or something like that, and that's all he did. He didn't say anything else, and they showed up at his house. They're saying they were sent there by Capitol Police. And she disappeared for like 10 days after that into the void. Yes, uh, I don't think uh, uh, I did hear some uh, I did hear some news follow up news reports on how some of her surrogates did did uh, uh, denounce that story and said that uh, that that is not cool. But I don't think uh, we heard any comments from her directly. And they like to do that, too. Sometimes they like to, you know, occasionally throw a bone like they she does with the Democratic Party just to give you the impression that, oh, yeah, you know, she's fighting both sides of the aisle type of bullshit. But by and large, you know, in the past, she has encouraged uh, um, she has encouraged attacks on anyone who criticizes her or anyone who criticizes the policies of her party. She has, uh, I think, uh, one day, I remember not while uh, long ago, she put out a tweet saying, if you're losing followers on Twitter, do, do not uh, uh, do not uh, make it public or do not uh, um, do not advertise it because uh, if the chances are that those people who are being uh, deplatformed on Twitter are Nazis. So yes, she, she, she has in directly or tacitly in the past uh, encouraged uh, uh, ruining the lives of anyone who uh, stands against her. And uh, I mean, uh, and this is uh, this is a classic example of uh, I mean, if this is not fascism, I don't know what what is. And uh, and that is exactly uh, um, what I mean by corporate communism. Because think about what fascism was, right? In many ways, in fascism. Uh, of fascism or how, how you pronounce it, I, I know I, I need to be a bit work on my accent because I, I see that uh, our, our <laughs> I see I see that yeah I see our <laughs> podcast is gaining a lot of fans uh, because of my accents. <laughs> so so uh, yeah there you go, you gotta, yeah I I, I, I gotta make it I gotta exaggerate it now to sound more Indian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. let's make it fascist Yeah 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 fascist yeah. yeah and uh, in many ways uh, in the case of corporate socialism, the economy is monopolized by state-favored corporations, uh, sometimes at the direction of um, states like in China, and sometimes, um, you know, closer to a partnership with the states as it is currently in the United States. And that, that's what's happening. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's exactly what is uh, happening with a lot of this uh, woke capitalism. You see a lot of these companies like uh, Amazon or uh, Gillette or Nike for that matter. Yeah, suck shit Nike, your store got burned by Antifa even, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no matter how many <laughs> times you try to, you know, kiss their butt. So, yeah, so these companies are aligning themselves and the tech companies are a good example, uh, Google and Facebook. Well, the worst. Yeah, they're, they're aligning themselves with all these progressive causes to give by themselves unlimited power to whether it is to well, I think they 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 knew that uh, the Dems were going to win. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how do you think they knew, but they knew, and I think they started this bullshit before the election so that they wouldn't be broken up. Because if they piss the Dems off, then Dems are going to try and break them up just like Republicans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, there was an article by uh, Spiked online about why big businesses love uh, woke uh, woke leftism, 
and uh, i think uh, in in on this particular occasion they are talking about the black lives matter and the whole uh, and their whole hypocrisy when it comes to wealth accumulation and capitalism while claiming to be marxist so well, one of the things they interesting facts they brought up was that the potential for racism in the workplace whether overt or in the form of microaggressions has also given management much more authority to monitor workers interpersonal relationships and even their private lives and political activities particularly uh, on social media race has always been relied on by elites to divide and manage people but uh, where they once drew on racist tropes now they draw on anti-racism that uh, that's a like one of the co-founders of BLM earning a fortune and amassing a property empire is not a, a bug but a feature of elite driven racial politics black lives matter is the best thing to happen to capitalism in many years and uh, i mean i don't have to i don't uh, have to agree with everything in this article but the article does touch up on the the uh, one of the core tenets uh, about the whole um, corporate marxism i, I was uh, talking about because yeah there are many layers to this one and this is i mean oh that blm was a complete yeah. like you know i mean the moment i saw it being painted on the street i knew it had been co-opted i was like you know what and that mayor who did that the next second she asked for 400 million dollars for goddamn cops yeah. right if you think about it they can do that openly without any taking any hits right yeah. which just goes to tell you that that that's all you need to be in this country just be performative bullshit and people just believe you that's about it it's always the same thing again and again rinse repeat and there's this new generation of race entrepreneurs like like robin diangelo i mean these people are make there's a lot of money to be made <laughs> by uh, these types of whole theatrics that's happening uh, and if they get if they get if they get out of control just send obama in to stop the uh, protest and the strike that's why he went in and told lebron to start dribbling right mm. <laughs> yeah so yeah i mean uh, i will put that article on the footnotes as well so for people to uh, refer to so uh, these politicians are exhibiting this behavior and they don't seem to have an issue with it because they know that they can get away with it now so uh, because only people who keep uh, who keep pointing this out are uh, either the handful of uh, renegade journalisms like journalists like uh, Glenn Greenwald or Matt Taibbi who you know they have a, a substantial base but they still don't reach out to the vast swaths of the demographics across the world and at the same time uh, and the right wingers so uh, who have whose uh, credibility has already been destroyed because by you know because uh, media likes to always show uh, paint all right wingers as uh, these start nazis or conspiracy theories well that's why i mean like same crazy. thing there was all i wanted to uh, mention that russia russia bounty stories that's been debunked like 6 million oh, yeah. times and now like the military came out like this week and uh, the CIA somehow came out from the shadows and said hey you know what this uh, we have low to moderate confidence that this is like a real thing and if you think about it why did the right wing dismiss it right because it was against trump and for no other reason they didn't like look yeah. at the merits right yeah. so they're like the biggest yeah. useless idiots or useful idiots in this case i don't get it like they're so i mean it's <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing about the right wing, especially the I mean when I talk about right wing I'm talking more about the boomer cons because they are the gift that keeps on giving and they don't uh, do themselves any favors when they like to uh, uh, embrace uh, disinformation or partisan hackery. 
and, and you can see that also with the, every, every time there is a story that you can see how they all they care about is the short term gains you know the gotcha moments so if uh, if biden is caught uh, with uh, putting kids in cages suddenly they Facilities. start acting like you can see yeah yeah like uh, you know you can see ted cruz suddenly like be becoming like a democrat he might as well just go and cry at the border now you know just uh, some memes <laughs> on that. Yeah, yeah, exactly i mean the, the, these people are so short sighted in how they suddenly just embrace anything that they just to oppose the other side but yeah going back to what you're saying about the whole uh, the US intel walking back on the claims that Russians put bounties on american troops i mean this is a big story and nobody wants to cover it and when you do cover it uh, i hate i hate going to twitter and actually seeing how shit libs uh, how they uh, oh they're using woke feminism now they, right to stay there yeah yeah and then uh, Yeah not just that so let's just say for example if someone like Jimmy Doe or Glenn Greenwald just points this out you know they, they, I, they I think uh, Jimmy Doe said that uh, he said weird how the daily beast spread this false conspiracy theory for two years straight while pothead youtube hosts were debunking it at all uh, in real, real time, time. Yeah. good thing <laughs> yeah the good thing the CIA finally told them it was fake or they'd never know and and the only thing what the shitlibs do when they see uh, a post like this they don't actually argue the merit of it they ju- they will just uh, write some catchphrase or some sort of a deflecting point they they make this really pathetic attempts to muddy the water yeah saying that okay so even if it was fake the way the trump administration handled it or blah 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 oh, yeah, that, they're still like they incensed will... and trump deranged what six months after he's gone or something like that Yeah yeah the the way they, I mean I get physically ill when I read a lot of their comments because they have become so good at these word salads and and they also get a lot of support for making these disingenuous arguments as well and I I try my best not to read uh, what people say I mean I kind of have to in order to for this podcast because uh, I mean how well are you uh, I mean we kind of have to know about how people are going to react right so but yeah it, it's just it's not something i enjoy because i just know exactly exactly the type of people they even look a certain way unfortunately you know what i mean and exactly what they're going to say they they use the they have some skill in in controlling the language and they use it to the maximum just to muddy the water or deflect or or, or just to take a, take a, some level of oxygen out of the argument yeah well the other thing is also what uh, what i thought about was like in the olden days like all right the cia had to do things like operation mockingbird and then get the media to plant all the stories and stuff now you have the freaking cia in the media and in social right? media so like for example if you look in, in a- Yeah, if you look at if you look at like MSNBC, right? I just got a list of all these douchebags that work for them. All right, so in like you have John Brennan, former CIA director, you have Michael Hayden, former CIA director, and then you have the wonderful Salad Indians in there as well. We were talking about Indians uh, no. before. Asha yeah, Rangappa, exactly. right? She's a notorious freaking, you know, spook, right? And Ned Price, the current spokesperson for the State Department, fucking ex-CIA. Mm. You have like this freaking secret police running this place man, right? Then you have CIA assets like Ken Delinian, that dude from MSNBC who said fuck on the on the air, yeah. remember? And then he was like, "Ooh, did I really say that?" He's like a he's a in, infamous dude. He just he literally goes collects a check from CIA while he collects his talking points and comes right back to MSNBC. 
did you even know that Anderson Cooper interned for CIA for the CIA? Right? Yeah. Even Tucker applied for the CIA. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then Jake Fapper, I mean Tapper, not his poor name, right? Israeli influencer number nineteen out of fifty, right? He was just voted. So you have all these. Just these, like you know, literally, like you know, spooks running the uh, in in the media. They're not even like they're they don't even have the intermediary anymore, right? They've got the guys from the CIA actually working as the media, and the people are just swallowing it. In the olden days, would be like, I'm not listening to CIA. We need like actual media. When you talk about these people on online, just like using word salads to combat all this, and you know, it's basically the reason they talk about disinformation all the time is because they're the leading purveyors of disinformation, right? They project everything that they say other people are doing to them. And I think, I don't know if you noticed, uh, uh, two days ago, Biden blinked. He took try to take Putin up to brinkmanship. Let's go for World War Three, And Putin said, don't bring in the warships into the Black Sea. I'll kick your ass. Last minute, mm-hmm. Biden orders the ships out. Piece of shit. Mm. Yeah, because uh, I think um, Tucker... Tucker ran a very good segment with uh, Tulsi on it. Uh, right, I yeah, she's been uh, up there this week yeah. talking about that. Yeah, she was uh, up on the show looking good as always. Oh, uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's and, probably um, why half of them was... hate her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she doesn't she 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 doesn't look uh, ugly enough. Uh, no, no, shit lips get triggered <laughs> by shit lips get triggered. I, I used to work with a bunch of shit lips, and if those are like a nicer yeah. looking one, they would lose their fucking yeah. minds. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so because uh, she came on Tucker and she she said that uh, are we prepared to see our loved ones? Uh, and she had a pretty graphic. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm, she, I'm, 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 I'm say the, she talked I about like bones little, melting, like Sarah Connor yeah, at the yeah, gates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly. <laughs> I was thinking about Sarah Connor. Yeah. Funny, funny. Yeah, and uh, she was saying, uh, are we prepared to see our loved ones burn alive in a nuclear holocaust in a war with Russia over Ukraine? If not, cut out the saber rattling and uh, uh, you know the macho talk and uh, de-escalate before it's too late i mean she's right i mean i i i did think that she where she was if she went a bit uh, overboard with the whole <laughs> description of flesh melting of the bones i mean all, you know but, but because because but, i think yeah. she was right to do that because people have sort of you know they've they've taken they think nuclear war is nothing they think it's like oh it's just like yeah. a video game or something you know just go ask some hiroshima victim man about what it really is this is not a drill. This is not a drill. <laughs> and she she actually went through that. Remember? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's who I was saying. I was yeah. um, I was uh, I was uh, exactly repeating what she said at the yeah. um, at the democratic debate. Incoming. This yeah. is not a drill. <laughs> because it's kind of turned into a gift now. Uh, yeah. You can see it everywhere. Yeah. And yeah, uh, what's anyway, that, what's um, that woman's name? Pisaki, Jen Pisaki, the freaking current current. You know, propaganda on the on the you know on the hill where she every she gives a press conference every day. So she said that yeah, this is a fake story. Now don't forget, Biden ran with this story all summer last year for the election, right? It's Trump's fault. They're putting bounties on our on our boys and this that and the other, with no hint of irony that we are like freaking brutalizing the entire country while we're there, right? And this is the same like you know basically she wants actually. Uh, she used to work for the State Department. So she was a State Department spokesperson before she was like the U.S. press secretary. And she once said in a State Department press briefing that we uphold South America, human rights and everything. And everyone laughed at her face. One guy even said, are you serious? Are you really serious about this? And, but the thing is, there's no difference between like, you know, me, I, they're just more sophisticated, quote unquote, than than uh, MAGA. 
So we're like coastal elites and we went to Ivy League schools. And that's about it. We're equally hillbilly inside in terms of the way our brains work. <laughs> yeah. Jen Pasaki, by the way, smash up us. I uh, mean, I, I took a look at our boyfriend and I was like, oh my God. And that, that too, it was, was like, it was on the down low and everything. They were like having like an office romance or something. And that became like a big story. Shit loves are like, oh, this is a new episode of the West Wing. We love it. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually uh, having a look at her. I was saying, oh, okay, you know, she, she's not a bad looking chick. I, uh, I she's like, kind of, she's kind of creepy, bro. I, I pass. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, well, I was, the thing is though, I was assuming that maybe she's in her late 50s or 60s, ah, she's but you know, it, 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 she, she, she's probably a good-looking chick in her late fifties or something like that. That's what I thought she was uh, because, the, uh, but then it was like, you know, because I found her, you know, she's not bad-looking. So, but then I checked her up and said, okay, she's forty-two, so she's around our age. So no wonder. <laughs> yeah. So yes. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, uh, do you have any other any more to, to say about the whole oh, the, CIA? Yeah. Yeah. This we... thing goes on and on, right? So. Uh, my my point was basically being like they've you know the they've this whole Russia bounty story the reason it even existed is primarily because of complete censorship in the media right I mean the media is not even the media it's just a bunch of freaking you know like one half is the CIA the other half works for a bunch of oligarchs and the people like I mean it's just like the propaganda is just like it's reached like level 15 with Biden around, right? Um, honestly, like the further away we get from Trump, right? And I'm not for Trump, obviously, but it just looks like, oh my, you know, you get to see that in hindsight, like some presidents look worse. Biden is making this guy look better, right? Like he did the same things Trump was doing, right? He's, he, he, he it, only till yesterday was when he was keeping the Trump limits on, on refugees. Like he, he wanted to keep the same limits so no one comes into the country. And I think a bunch of people yelled at him and AOC. Like this virtue signaling crap about refugees, they'll give way on because they don't really lose any money. They, they, but they won't do anything where they make money, right? Where, they, where they're actually going to lose money, right? So, uh, for example, uh, they were crying about Jimmy and Glenn uh, going on Tucker. And then this humanist report dude, right? He jokes himself about going on Tucker, right? And he makes a freaking video about it. Well, he does like a fake video where he's like on one square and Tucker's on the other square. And he's got like some video game playing in the background. And he thought he's being funny, right? And we're, we're like, listen, man, you, you know... Tucker right now is the only place where anyone can go in the mainstream. Don't forget, he's still got the number one show, right? All yeah, and they they want to take him out now, right? The entire yep. defamation league itself had a, a big, uh, the, you know, cry about it. But uh, you can understand why, though, because I know that they're using all this. Uh, Tucker was, was talking about. Uh, uh, the white people are the great uh, whatever, like yeah, yeah. The, the you know reducing the white population. That that's the excuse they are going after. But that's not the real excuse why they are going after Tucker. It's because Tucker absolutely triggered them on one big issue, which was that he asked them, "Why can't we have the same immigration policies Israel does?" Because Israel, you know, they, oh, they yeah, had yeah. run this. Yeah, yeah, and and that that's what triggered the ADL because ADL actually. Um, you know, has never brought that up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, ADL might occasionally here and there just to sound like the social justice warriors might say something bad about Israel, but 
but uh, they have a complete uh, they are complete hypocrites when it comes to the US immigration policy as opposed to the Israel foreign policy and that's exactly why the ADL is now growing after Tucker so yeah so please continue so I just wanted to bring that up yeah were, so uh, I mean like you know the the, the the you can't really go on any there's no other show that'll have like Glenn or and it's it's I think the, the tragedy of the whole thing is like these guys are our current day Howard Zins or whatever you want to call them they're like the historians of today right when when we get to our 90s we'll be thinking about Glenn Greenwald like you know like in the same vein as Ch- Chomsky or something because and even Chomsky was like I'm all for Biden what an idiot, idiot at that yeah, <laughs> ruined his yeah, legacy yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, coming back to the CIA right so they're doing all these press releases so what they what they're doing right now in fact uh, I I saw a lot of noise about that this morning is like usually you'll get some proof right like okay this is the proof of like why x and y are happening so trump has been out of office for four months this dude called marshall cohen from cnn he was like on the Mueller train the whole time back in the day <laughs> remember that thing <laughs> when Mueller comes out and trump's gonna go down that happened like went on forever right and um i mean man the shit lives around me were breaking down man there anytime Mueller came on tv they'd be like turn on the tv get online yo man there's a press there's a hearing happening now trump's going down all right so Mueller disappears he still has Mueller on his byline on twitter till today right <laughs> this goes to show you the derangement of this guy and he said he saw proof of collusion but guess where he saw it you'll never guess he saw proof of tr- collusion roughly russia in a press release by the treasury department oh so wow. now press yeah. releases from the government are proof of everything can it get any more north korean than this I mean, this place is literally like a dictatorship. The government just gives out, you know, here you go, here, here, we just think this, oh, there's a proof, man. I mean, and if there's any source, it's always like an anonymous source. This Russia debunking that happened recently with the CIA, New York Times now says, oh, yeah, it was CIA sourced one year after it happened, right? So the anonymous sources are usually always the CIA. It's never like anybody else but these jokers, right? I mean, let's hope they're listening to our podcast, man. We, you know, we are on to them. But uh, yeah, and the Pentagon, Pentagon war contracts for Afghanistan are still being signed till today, and they expire in 2324. So this war, this Biden, I'm going to get leave on 9-11. Could he be more creepy? Like the, the end date is going to be 9-11. Like, what are, you, what are you doing, man? You're not going to leave. We know that. But... And the contracts, the, Pent- the Pentagon, are, they, they're not going to have this, man. They'll be like, we're there forever. The minerals, the poppy, the poppy for the CIA trade, right? You need that for the drug trade that the CIA does all the time. And uh, so, you know, it's just it's just like, you know, it just the whole, the, the, the censorship, just, it's like a rabbit hole. I was like just trying to look into what the extent was. And I was like, you know what? It is so like, and every time I do talk to someone who's like totally into propaganda from the corporate media, I, I, it's like it's like telling them like hell and angel exist you know it's they, they you, you can literally sound like a crazy person when you tell them these things because the propaganda is so real that people are not going to be able to question their own existence and reality because they believe this for so long that whatever you may say it just sounds like I have a friend who lives um, uh, up north and when I told him a few things and he was like oh I don't believe you it's it's a lie you don't know anything I was like now keep in mind this guy really doesn't read or you know know what's going on he just watches cable news and or you know even worse network news right and uh he, to him i just sounded like some batshit crazy person but uh but you know but it, you know what the rest of the world isn't really falling for this uh the department of defense just recently they tried to get a country to offer their bases 
for launching missiles at China, and they thought they had mm. it in the bag, and Vietnam told mm. me f off. I was I was happy to oh. read that. I was like, you know what? <laughs> After all, <laughs> you think Vietnam's gonna forget? <laughs> no, of course, man. No, well. I can I can say that partially they kind of <laughs> have in some ways. No, that's what US they were banking on. They, they were banking on big that. Big bodies. Yeah. yeah. yeah so. But they tried yeah. all the other countries. Singapore. They tried Indonesia. They all said no. Australia said Australia said no. Get lost. And they thought okay, Vietnam. You know because uh, you know they're not completely in the China sphere. But Vietnam was like, we need to be equidistant away from both you guys. We don't want to be involved in any of you. And you know. That's great, and uh, the DOD just fell on their faces on that. And uh, Max went on to do a big. They did uh, the Gray Zone did a big article on that. It was a great one. We put it in the show notes so people can read that. Actually, um, speaking of Gray Zone, should we talk about the anti-war activist who was visited by the police after posting embarrassing AOC videos? Uh, should we dive was it a Gray bit Zone? More I thought it was in Soapbox, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but uh, Grayzone was the one who covered the uh, the best article on it. I think, but uh, I think uh, we we did earlier mention it briefly, right? That uh, that uh, so there was a dude, anti-war activist, who was uh, threatened for uh, for criticizing AOC. But uh, maybe we should go a bit more into detail about uh, about the story, who who this guy was, and uh, do you have any? Uh, any yeah, news I think. I think what his name was do? Ryan, right? Um, he works at Soapbox, right? He's got his own YouTube channel as well. I saw a couple of interviews. He did an interview with Status Quo, Jimmy Dore, and a bunch of other people. He basically, uh, I'm trying to remember the tweet. Uh, he basically was trying to say that AOC was not really being forceful enough or something to that effect. And he was just questioning, like, listen, you're supposed to fight for us. This really doesn't sound like, you know, um, I, I just can't remember the tweet, but... Uh, that's what it was, and uh, that's all. It was really innocuous. I never thought like two minutes about it. And uh, uh, the same when that thing happened, I think a bunch of people got at AOC, and she never even replied. She gave some stupid thing about, oh, we've checked with the Capitol Police, blah blah. You know what? If this had been the other way around, and something happened to like some shit lipped by by a right winger MAGA or something, she she would be like DMing them Im- immediately, saying, oh, "We're here for you." She never did any of that. She was just like one one press office release, like oh we've reached out to Capitol Police and we, and that was it. There was nothing else. And uh, he basically was um, he's 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 a complete leftist. He works with he's on that podcast uh, Left Bitches Who Are Right with Rania. Okay. Yeah, he's a, oh, he's right. a guy he's over there. Yeah. So um, Ryan Wentz, I think his his name is yeah. Ryan Wentz, as you said. And uh, I've, I've I've got the Gray Zone article. I'll put it on the footnotes. In fact. Yeah where his original tweet was on april 1st aoz did a live stream with michael miller the head of the jewish community relations council of new york she was asked about the peace between israelis and palestinians her response was incredibly underwhelming yeah that's, that's, what, that's what that's what it was, yeah, yeah that that's so it's not even a <laughs> it's like nothing hardly a, hardly yeah it's, it's nothing and then this guy gets a visit i think uh it says that uh, the, an anti-war activist was visited by a California Highway Patrol officer after posting a video of the rape Alexandria Ocasio-Cortex uh, and uh, uh, and uh, her bumbling uh, comments on Israel and Palestine. The action, which AOC denies uh, tri- triggering, was uh, initiated by a call to the uh, U.S. Uh, Capitol Police. So someone called, and she says, uh, I mean, at her, her camp says it wasn't, them, but I don't think they've been vocal enough to 
in fact, uh, discourage this type of behavior. I mean, you would think that she would come out and say that, hey, this is not cool. I, whoever did this, knock it off. This is not uh, yeah, but democracy. That goes against, this is not, uh, I mean, yeah, she can't yeah. do that. You know why? Because they want it to happen to MAGA too. So if, if she goes yeah. after this, she'll have to go to everyone else as well. So I think that's why yeah. she didn't do that yeah. because they want this to happen to other people as well. I mean, I think he was probably yeah, yeah, just yeah. unlucky, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, she she wants to. She plays this uh, sort of a you know, it's a very tacit game. She plays a sort of on the fence thing, so she doesn't say anything. But at the same time, she wants to see these type of things happening, so she wouldn't actually come out and be vocal against it because then she'll have to deal with uh, yeah, her. I mean, she knows that she has a base of Irish is shit lips as well as unfortunately still some real leftists, and they do encourage this type of behavior. I mean, they they celebrate it when when they see people being arrested or have their lives ruined over you know minuscule petty shit like this. Well, she they said love that it. she I mean, sent out yeah, an email after the Capitol Six riots, <laughs> telling yeah, everyone yeah. everyone on her list, hey, if you see you know if you see something, say something yeah, bullshit, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 exactly, and people yeah. were like, look at this woman, man. She's sending out the, the uh, on her entire. She's got a huge, probably a bigger email list than Bernie at this point, right? And uh, she, she was like, you know, you've got to basically rat out people to the FBI. <laughs> I mean, oh, my God. Like, can, you know, why don't you go back in time and say that, man, when they were busy chasing, like, you know, uh, civil rights leaders. But uh, but yeah. And uh, so that really, you know, to me, is like it's the same as like, you know, so the censorship deb- debate. Right. She's trying to control narratives here and she's using her immense platform to fight people over fighting mama bear. I mean, I think uh, last week I saw a, 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 a quote by Ilhan Omar, right? And she was saying that my relationship with auntie Nancy Pelosi is so special. I was like, oh my God, you guys are supposed to fight these people. You guys are useless. The only one who actually said anything about the shooting, right, was uh, Rashida Tlaib. But she, all she did said was, she just said something. That's all she did. They're not going to do anything about it. She was given all kinds of props for saying it, like, oh, like she's against the cops. But when it comes to any kind of actual enforcement, you know. Yeah, she won't be against the cops uh, when it comes to uh, seeing American citizens having their civil liberties eroded uh, for expressing their free speech or something like that. She's just against the cops when it comes to things like uh, what, you you know, police brutality. So it's, it's, it's so cherry-picked in every way. So... I don't know, and she. I mean, let's talk about Rashida today, right? I mean, she's she she snuggles up to freaking Nancy Pelosi, who's like the world's biggest uh, contributor, a supporter of APAC. <laughs> I mean, what kind of a strange Stockholm syndrome is that? Oh, I mean, and she's... talking about Pelosi, actually, uh, a friend of mine called me the other day, and he told me that he he works in stocks and trades, right? He works in that in that field, and he said there's no way he knew about that Microsoft deal, like where she, she cashed in just before. So what she did was she put in like over $10 million of stock uh, options on Microsoft stock, right? Okay. She just plunked down 10 million right there, right? And that was just one of the things she did. It's all in open, uh, it's not even an open secret. It's in like the house roll call or whatever that for house, you know, it's a, it's a public information. And she did that just before they scored a $24 billion contract with the uh, Department of Defense, right? And he told me there's no way she could have known. I mean, we knew this. We None of us knew that the stock was going to go through the roof and she basically cashed out. So this is the whole inside. So when she does insider trading, it's like, okay, 
But if it's only like Kelly Loeffler or that other dude, the the idiots who lost their elections in Georgia, right? Who lost to bigger douchebags? I mean, <laughs> the four of them should be thrown in a hole, if you ask me. The Dems and that and those two those two people. Uh, so the thing is, she, because they're, I think you told me this today, they're untouchable. They could they could shoot people in the middle of the street like Trump and get away with it because the media would just be like, oh, it was just like they were standing up for their civil rights or something like that. So, you know, it just it's just this whole... And I really wanted to bring up something really important. I think people forget this, especially in this country, is as we get to the... We've, we're over 10 years from the release of the collateral murder video, which brings us back to the number one problem with censorship in this country and that is the imprisonment of julian assange so it's like most people don't even know who he is here even now like they just don't know but i mean if you think about it like he was the guy who worked i mean i remember wikileaks working in tandem with like the new york times and the guardian like over 10 years ago mm-hmm. right when they when they first pu- published all that stuff Yes. And they didn't, uh, I mean, even with when they did it with Snowden, uh, when Greenwald published it in, in, I think it was, what was it? Was it uh, Guardian was one? I forget the, was it the Washington Post or was it the New York Times for the Snowden articles? I forget. Maybe the, the New, New York, York Times. Times. New York Times. Yeah. Not Guardian. So, you know, yeah. So those guys aren't hiding in like holes or, you know, taking refuge in Russia. And, uh, you know, I remember uh, seeing an interview with Randy Kretika, who's a comedian, right? He was on Jimmy's show like four or five years ago. And he was actually at the 20, I would say 18, 2018 White House Correspondents Dinner. And you had this freaking blowhard. Remember Jim Acosta? Yes. I need my press pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. Right? I remember. Yeah. I mean, this guy Jim Acosta. He like. I mean, I know a few. I personally know some shit libs who think he's Jesus, right? Yeah. I mean, he he was like at the gates of hell. I mean, the White House asking for his press pass, and that's like the <laughs> ultimate contribution yeah. to his journalism, right? Yeah. So this guy, he got up in the middle of all these blowhard journalists who love their coastal elite lifestyles. They love the fact that they get hundreds and thousands of dollars to just sit and pontificate and, you know, basically spew the CIA talking points. Right. And he told them, he said, how can you sit here talking about freedom of democracy, you know, democracy dies in darkness, bullshit line that you keep spewing when Julian Assange is in jail, they had him escorted out like faster than you could blink, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then you can come into the whole, you know, f- f- when it comes to freedom, I remember when he was in the, when he was in the embassy, right. For seven years, they had the Spanish company, UC global spying on him. They spied on his lawyer. I'm surprised he even had kids while he was in there. I mean, he did, I mean, the guy say what you want. He was, he was great at getting down, <laughs> you know? And, uh, I, I didn't even know that, that, that girlfriend of his was his lawyer. Like, I mean, this guy can, I guess he can charm the pants of anyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, you know, he, he seems to be able to, yes. Yeah, the yeah, finest stock when it, was, it comes to you. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, Biden for all the people who think he's any different from Trump. He called him an high, a high-tech terrorist back in 2014 or yeah. 2012 or something like that. And he's just the same as Trump. So the propaganda is what keeps this going. And this guy, Biden, every day, he does something that's just like Trump and somehow it's not like Trump. I, it, it's just like, you know, up is down, left is right, black is white. It's just insane. And, you know, I don't know what can... Honestly, people always, when I talk to them, I go, what solutions do you have? I mean, are you kidding me? The whole The whole... Country lives in a freaking Truman show, man. 
it's funny, isn't it? When it comes to Assange, I've seen, I know these guys, uh, some of them who identify themselves as leftists, uh, even people who say, uh, who know, who support Bernie, but at the, uh, at the, but you know, you can see that as soon as uh, you attack the Democratic Party, you can see their ne neoliberal clause come out and suddenly, yeah, they will. They will uh, even even when they know that the Democrats cucked. Uh, I mean, the Democrats completely fucked over Bernie. They they would still be out there only uh, focusing on attacking Republicans and the right wing, and they will always unite with the fucking Democrats uh, for, to carry water on everything. And I know a few people like that. And you can see when it comes to Assange. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter what he, you know, exposed the Barclays or the Iraq or whatever, but but they seem to exclusively focus on, oh, you know, Assange lied in 2016. It's all about, like I said before, it's like the QAnon cult uh, for, uh, you know, moving the goalposts to you know, keep Trump uh, at the center of all that. It's, it's exactly like that with the Democratic Party. I mean, if, if you look at the kind of... The, their whole style of attack or defense it's it's always to make sure that the democratic party is unharmed and and they use all kinds of i know this guy i know this guy on facebook uh, uh, he's like uh, you know tries to call himself a principal leftist but he's not i mean he he is in essence just a you know fucking you know like a klaus schwab looking old cunt but uh, and uh, <clears throat> He's, you can see that even he, everything he does is always like the QAnon. He, he says he's not a Democrat. He doesn't support the Democrats. So he's with Bernie, blah, blah, blah. But you can see all, all everything he posts, everything he argues, every style of attack he does seems to sort of tacitly, uh, you know, done with the intention of making sure that the Democratic Party comes out unscratched. Uh, and, yeah, uh, he was uh, talking it, about the 1,400 checks being so great, and it was, I mean, yeah. like, oh, are you kidding me? It was 2,000, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God, he he, be, he became like a used car salesman when it comes to the fucking 1,400 checks. Uh, but at the same time, 12 months ago, he was, uh, you know, criticizing Trump's uh, stimulus package, or he doesn't bail out the undocumented immigrants or whatever the fucking, I mean... Uh, it, it, I mean, like he was acting like uh, this busybody running around uh, trying to fix this. Uh, Yo, look at me, I'm the hero type attitude. And he always does that, you know. He's just, God, Bernie's such a fraud. I mean, he's yeah. just, he's, he's been in that, he's been in that, you know, snake pit for like 40 years, man. I mean, can you really, I mean, I think he was, he, he, to see real Bernie socialist, and he, even then you don't even know if he was really socialist because, like you said, they were selling those Gatling guns. But um, and for those who don't know what I'm talking about, check out our first episode where we talk about Bernie a lot. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, you look at those '80s clips. I mean, before he 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 got into Congress in 1990, right? So before that was when I think it's like I'm telling you, they get their minds wiped the moment they enter Congress. I mean, this woman, what's her name? The Bar Cory Bush, right? She was proposing like 9/11 style Gestapo freaking bills just like seconds after the capital riot finished you know it was like hey this was like lying here just like the just like the AUMF and the and the patriot act and we're just going to dust this off right now and get it ready to be like ushered in i'm surprised that they haven't pushed that yet i mean i haven't heard anything about it since then oh man yeah i mean you can sort of look at some of these people and say that easily once they get into a position of power they are easily corruptible whether it was the blm marxist with a 
huge portfolio property or whether it is Cory Bush or whether it is some of these civil rights leaders. You know, remember how we once uh, uh, saw that Zoom call with the civil rights leaders and I was laughing at oh, that. Yeah. They, they were saying, you know, yeah, you can tell that these people over the years, they have enjoyed the fine shit and now they are easily <laughs> corruptible just, just by yeah. looking at their faces. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, I mean, the, that's the sad state. But... Uh, what can you do, man? I mean, this is just how well, most like people Jimmy, are. Jimmy, yeah. Dore, yeah. Jimmy Dore does say mm. that uh, you have to be the most mediocre person to run to, uh, to be into, into politics today. And that's so true. I don't know a single person who's either in politics or trying to get into politics is not mediocre. Because they, you know, I think you need your mind white before you get in. Uh, there's no way that any kind of, you know, totally like, you know, innocent, honest, you know, do-gooder is ever going to, first of all, amount to anything. They're going to take their legs out before they even step in. So I think the people who do get in, they know this and they're like, you know what? I'm just going to go for like, you know, the cash or whatever. Yeah, I think, I think Chapo had a Chapo Trap House, the podcast that's now constantly being yep. attacked by the shitlip media. They once uh, brought up something that was very radical at the time i was like oh fuck uh, what are you talking about kind of but now it's just making more and more sense to me and they said that uh, i think during the force the vote time they told the people if you are relying on any other people elected to the congress to get anything done in a in a in a, in a you know to get uh, accomplish what you want then uh, you are completely delusional because uh, once you are in that system <laughs> you're yeah, not going yeah you're fucked yeah so, so but so, if you think about it all these leftists on twitter right yeah when that uh, when that uh nancy pelosi roll call was happening they seem so shocked like yeah. aoc let them down <laughs> that is the first problem you idiots are still believing that aoc was going to help you just four months ago yeah. right <laughs> exactly. well why did it take you so i mean after going through obama couldn't you like know that they're all full of shit Every single one of them. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, what's so different? In many ways, AOC is Obama, right? I mean, if you, if you look at the Obama drinking water from uh, in Flint, Michigan, to AOC crying at the border, mm. yeah, this is, this is the same uh, breed, yeah. We need to figure out, like, you know, uh, how to really disseminate this. Look at YouTube, right? I mean, uh, I mean I'm mean, i going to keep a... I've got a running timer here to see from the day we get demonetized, if you ever if it reach there, because, I mean, we're talking about things that YouTube never wants us to talk about. I think we get away with it because... Um, I remember our first episode, I used Syria with a dollar sign and put a inverted exclamation or something for an I, and, uh, and they were like, they let us keep... Because if you put Syria or any kind of word like that, like even Richard Meadows was talking about how if people donate money to him on Patreon, if they mention iran or syria he doesn't get paid mm. so this thing is happening from a multifaceted level like from demonetizing creators to not getting you paid to like stifling every little bit now i thought about this a while back being in tech like what people should just i mean I'm, i assume it's really hard to get a website to get traction right mm. but i see a lot of people doing that now on youtube they refer people to their websites instead because they know that the, the, the these platforms are completely bought and paid for completely taken over i mean uh i read an article like a few months ago about how podcasts were sort of getting away with it quote unquote oh yeah and they and had an image of, and they had a picture of joe rogan in the front just so that they so and the shit lip yeah. and the shit lips were like okay it's time to start like you know freaking monitoring podcasts now we got to make sure that they don't get out there <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i mean uh, they uh they they've taken a swing at podcasts so they're they're close i think uh 
I have a friend, uh, Tina, she uses an interesting term called predictive programming. Basically, you know, from an early stage, they're in, implanting that seed so they can work on it later and later. So it's sort of, a, you know, that boiling frog theory. So you put it out there mm -hmm. now and then later on, it will be easy for you to manufacture consent for it. So and that's what they're doing. I mean, CNN, I remember first published an article about uh, how podcasts are getting away with it. And they had a, an image of Joe Rogan in the thumbnail. So, you know, so so it was very clear they're going after this guy. And uh, they keep bringing up the fact that he uh, falsely brought up leftists uh, responsible for some arson or something which he actually apologized for. I mean, it was just a spur of the moment. I mean, this Joe Rogan has three hour podcasts. Of course, he's going to have a slip of the tongue from here and there. Oh, and you, like, and yeah. you know they're going to yeah. go for any little bit they can get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he's uh, apologized for that. But, uh, you know, I mean, how, how many times have these big media apologized? I mean, has CNN ever apologized for the Iraq war? No. So I'm still waiting for this. I'm still waiting for the CIA like retraction, right? Yeah, for this exactly. fucking story. Yeah, exactly. So, and they they have a they continue to hammer on this one little fucking issue on Joe Rogan uh, so yeah it, it's fa it's fairly clear they are going to go after podcasts and they're going to find a way to go after podcasts as well because most podcast apps now they have a they are having this new technology for example if you go for castbox or something if, if, when i'm listening to Amer american podcasts I see Australian ads in between, in the beginning of the podcast uh, or whatever. Well, so th yeah. these are not uh, ads that are directly linked to the podcast itself, but linked to the app that sponsors uh, ads. So that's how they are going to they are going to use this model. I can I can predict right now. So if if, if they want a certain podcast to not appear on a certain popular podcast app, they will use this model to try and say, you know what, you can't have that podcast because we are losing ad revenue. So. Uh, they 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 are doing it. They did it with YouTube, obviously. Uh, so this is another way they are going to go after a lot of the dissenting voices. Uh, so and what about that whole the you know the there's all kinds of crazy shit happening in Brooklyn Center in Minnesota right now, right? Because of the mm -hmm. killing of I think Duante Wright. Yeah, that's yeah. his name. Yeah, yeah, right? that's right. So uh, uh, sorry, his was his name. A very very sad shooting. Um, very unjustified and like. The usual, you know, that's a podcast in itself. But I think that even the, all this stuff is a multi-part effort in enforcing a worldwide police state, right? So, for example, they were having this the 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 protests the last three or four days, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The 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 state police was telling all the journalists to line up so they could take their pictures, the pictures of the journalists. The police wants to take a lineup of pictures of journalists. Why don't you just take them to firing squad already, man? You're just like seconds from there, right? So, and the thing is like, again, like how is this normal? You know? It is not. It, it's not. It's uh, it's uh, it's definitely, I mean, it, it, this is some dystopian shit. And uh, uh, we should uh, actually uh, try and also cover some other stories while we are on this dystopian shit. And another thing was uh, Project Veritas. I don't know if you heard about it, but their account got banned. Uh, oh yeah, because they exposed uh, the technical director talking shit about uh, how they wanted to want COVID numbers to like be high and debts to be high, so they could like reap the benefits, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, I've but seen... it's Project Veritas, right? They're like bad, so like get rid of them. Yeah, I know, and I, I see a lot of the useful idiots from uh, you know, of course, Silicon Valley. Uh, 
uh, surrogates like uh, the Verge and everyone coming out and yeah, so yeah, <laughs> it's al- al- almost unreadable. The, we already know that the stories about the BLM leaders, uh, property portfolio, th- those uh, posts have been taken down from Facebook or at least uh, you know. It's, oh, you can't share the link yeah, either. So you can't. They're doing the same thing like with the Hunter Biden laptop. Oh yeah, story. let's let's By talk way, about that because pic- there was a big development uh, <laughs> since the last our last podcast. The Hunter Biden laptop story, another one that you know nothing to see here now. Yeah, it's yeah, legit. yeah. But it's yeah. legit. A bunch of forensic experts went through this, and it's all all real. And they just needed a, a suppress for the election. And did all. you see? Uh, did you see now. some of the content in that fucking laptop? <laughs> I saw his teeth. You see his meth teeth? Oh my! It's like ground down stuff. You look like some hillbilly uh, man. Uh, and the best, the worst part is, the worst part is, this is a guy who's a high on meth, screwing hookers, doing all the shit that, all the shit that his dad put people in jail for life yes. for. He's doing it out in the open. Yes, exactly. And of course, there's a text between him and his dad, like, "Oh, I'm such a failure." <laughs> I mean, I would have kicked his ass out if I was Biden. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ, man, I, and then it, it's shocking. I mean, I don't, I don't want to, be, you know, spend too much time wasting on the content of the contents of the laptop. I mean, but, well, I, uh, I think the problem was his eighty thousand dollar Roman job. That's his. That's the problem. Mm, yeah, but the, yeah, it's a I mean, the guy didn't know shit about like fucking Ukrainian energy. Yeah, man. exactly, and it's a hypocrisy, and, and the fact yeah. that they told us not to that this this whole thing is a conspiracy and it's all fake, and now they're quietly just saying, oh, it's all just happened. But uh, you know, they they don't care about. They don't even want to yeah, election yeah, over, a, man. I mean, yeah, unbelievable how uh, they accused you of being a conspiracy theorist. And then suddenly now it's all like so shameless the way they do it. They just wait for things to cool off. And uh, then suddenly, well, that's what, that's what, that's what Cuomo is doing right now. He's waiting for things to cool off. He's been hiding the whole time. Right. We did that in our third episode where you asked me whether he's going to go or stay. What's happening. He's still here. Right. It's just, uh, yeah, he's just waiting for this thing to blow over. And all the people who who all the people who um, went after him, or I don't know if you heard about this, right? So all the people he claimed to have molested and like semi-raped or whatever, all the women, right? First of all, they're all like the Christine Blasey Ford types, all rich, all white, right? Those are the only kind of interns he ever like hired. Those survivors, guess you'll never guess who they're attacking. Take a wild guess. Come on, you know it. Survivors. <coughs> Yeah, those survivors are going on, on online and harassing. Guess who they're harassing now? The survivors of Cuomo's attacks. Uh, um, survivors of the guess who they're harassing now? The um, the um, guess who the the families, right? No, they're harassing Tara Reid. Uh, yeah, okay. Who the yeah. fuck? Who the fuck? If you're a victim yeah. yourself, why would you attack another yeah, victim? Exactly. You see the that's why I feel, that's why I felt that totally like this Cuomo shit could just be like you know like the Me Too that follows the real mm-hmm. scandal, like the hospital thing didn't get rid of him, so they needed like another bullet to go oh, in okay. there. And if you really if you really got raped or molested, why would you like go after someone else who's been also raped mm. and has more oh, proof? Because oh, wow. I think Tara Reid's mother went on that, CNN in exactly. 1993. Exactly, more, more proof than Christine Blasey talked about this. You know, more proof than some professor yeah. who came out of nowhere. You know, exactly. Well, that's because Tara Reid had a bankruptcy and she's poor, so she must be a oh, liar, yeah. right? No, not like this golf swinging yacht club bitches. Uh, <laughs> 
from Palo Alto, California, right? Yeah. So nope, nope, yeah. nope. That's the thing, and that, and it's funny when I see all these middle class people around me, like you know, you know, pumping their fists for Christine <laughs> Blasey fucking Ford. I'm just like. Do you know that they don't give a shit about your existence? And you guys are like, you know, they, they, it's just like like the same thing. She was supposed to be like the bullet for Trump, mm. right? Even now, everything that's bad, it's, Trump, st- it's still Trump's fault. I know, I'll just say his name and people around me get triggered still. I think that he was the best, best thing that the establishment had for themselves. Now that he's gone, they're going to try to get him back. And he's probably going to be, he's probably inking deals right now on how he's going to come back. Because he's just another part of the same equation. They they need this fake dichotomy happening so that people just get distracted about the real ass fucking behind them that's happening. Yeah, right? <laughs> totally, man. Is there uh, any other big stories uh, we you wanted to talk a bit about Democracy Now and Lincoln Project, didn't you? Well, I mean, uh, this is all getting back to the same. It's just part of the whole, uh, you know, how even even what what you would call old stalwarts where you could depend on democracy now like 10, 15 years ago. I remember there was this clip of Amy Goodman at the MSNBC um, anniversary in 2008 or something like that. And she talked about, remember? do you remember Phil Donahue, right? So Phil, yeah, Donahue, Phil Donahue got fired before the Iraq war, when the Iraq war started for questioning yeah. it, right? She actually mentioned in that clip that I do wish he was back here at MSNBC. The MSNBC never had her on the air after that, right? <laughs> but yeah. the reason I bring her up is because uh, she uh, Democracy Now! is having Lincoln Project people come on their network and wax poetic about George W. Bush and how great of a compassionate conservative he was. And I think I saw Aaron Marte give an interview about this to Jimmy. And Jimmy released it as a ex-employee goes off on Democracy Now clip. And he he basically said that they were they were so different and now even they've become this, you know, no questions asked. Here's a government stenography going on and and it's just like if someone like Democracy Now can I mean, what would cause Democracy Now to go that way? That's the thing. If if an independent media like them can also go the same way, even TYT, right? I mean, TYT is on the corporate algorithm at YouTube. They, they're constantly propping up Madeleine Albright. And, you know, they just, uh, you know, it's become like, you know, I, I love seeing J- Jimmy's rants on TYT, although I think he's just like focusing a little bit too much on them now. Um, he'll keep yeah. talking about how yeah. bad they are and how good he is. But you know what? Like we know, man, don't waste time. Jimmy can be a bit of a grifter. Let's 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 not do that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, but uh, they did the same thing with him, right? One point five million house or two yeah. million house. Hey, what about Bernie's million dollar house, right? But he he's like forty uh, forty years in the freaking Congress, man. I mean, I, I think I'll give mm-hmm, him a pass. Mm-hmm. On, and if you think about it, like, I I don't. You know what? Like, it's one thing to like buy all these houses and like live in them, but the BLM founder was, you know, she she bought her houses in white neighborhoods. <laughs> I know, 1.4% yeah, white. I mean, black. Uh, I mean, that is what... Yeah, sorry, 1.4% yeah. black. I mean, even she wants to move away from... And this is the same thing. I saw Michelle Obama coming on TV once and accusing all the middle class and white citizens. You know, you white folks, you move away from these uh, neighborhoods up to the hills or whatever. I mean, like, get the fuck out of here. What the fuck did you do? You, you all went and bought a house, $45 million mansion in... Martha's Vineyard, and you're t- telling all these people, you're, you're, you know, blaming all these working class people and middle class people. 
you know, funny how Michelle Obama taught, tells kids about climate change and then she goes and buys a house, right? And she talks about the dangers of the ocean rising and blah, blah, blah. But then she goes and buys a house, right? <laughs> where where there is an ocean, you know, like that could be rising. Yeah. That's because she that's because she knows the kids will be propagandized yeah, so no matter what. So she could she could tell them she could fly yeah, yeah. and they believe her. So <laughs> You know, it's just it's just the power. That is the power, and the, how how do you combat that? I mean, you know that, and you know, I I spoke about this with someone else the other day. Like back in the day, like when I say back in the day, I mean just thirty, forty, fifty years ago, you had people willing to put their lives on the line, right? Like Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. Who's going to do that now? Podcasters? I don't think so, right? So the thing is, like, I think. Uh, the ruling elite and the predator class know that this is exactly how things are going to be. No one's going to question shit. Just look at your goddamn iPhone <laughs> and shut the fuck up, all right? And know what's know what's good for you because if you step out of line, uh, you know, you know, you're going to be like you know in another world of pain and hurt, and you don't want to be there. You you need to you need to keep pushing for mm. that American dream. And getting back to the Lincoln Project, uh, did you hear about the allegations uh, against John Weaver? There was a uh, I think there were like allegations against uh, John Weaver by 21 young men who were... I think the reason I didn't follow it is because this is such a <laughs> grifting organization, like the biggest one yeah, exactly. of the lot, I mean, right? And they were like the... Resi- I mean, they only got to fame because they were against Trump. They, they're freaking neocons from the right. Bush era. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so now... And one of them introduced <laughs> Sarah Palin to us. Yeah, so they were, uh, they were basically uh, an anti-Trump, for those who don't know... Um, Lincoln Project is an anti-Trump uh, super PAC that uh, I would yeah, say was. was yeah so and uh, yeah so according to the allegations from former staff of Eva had sexually harassed at least 21 young men but an Associated Press report published Thursday revealed leadership at the organization was well aware of Weaver's behavior since at least 2020 the group now says it will hire an outside investigator to evaluate uh, Weaver's conduct anyway uh is there anything else uh, we didn't touch up uh, on this uh, episode that uh, we should have? Any other important stuff? Uh? I think I'm pretty much done here. Um, uh, yeah, you know, last week was, uh, I think I was just kind of busy and I was uh, apologize to our listeners if they were expecting an episode. Uh, we, we just really wanted to get deep down into this. And I don't even think this, uh, we barely touched the, the surface of this whole censorship uh, propaganda is police state but uh, you know I, i'm sure it'll always come up based on you know any story we do it's always related if you think about it now right <laughs> yeah so the, i mean you you can see these type of things a mile away i think i i do have a something to say before we close this episode uh, and one of the reasons why we chose the title for this podcast beyond narratives is that we like to we want to actually explore beyond every narrative so you know, we don't want to stick with a certain narrative because it suits a certain type of a base or a certain type of a worldview. So if you are to talk about Hong Kong protests, uh, I know that uh, we can say, uh, oh, you know, that this is uh, communism against democracy. But at the same time, we, o- we also know that a lot of that shit was also sponsored by neocons uh, to destabilize China. But that doesn't mean that we want to just stick with one or the other. We want to explore the nuance because there is truth to it, whether it is with the Uyghurs. Uh, I mean, a lot of people like to, you know, like to stick to the narrative that uh, Uyghurs uh, are being prosecuted uh, for being, uh, 
you know, uh, for being an, an ethnic minority in China. But uh, we, we also like to show that, okay, yeah, that is true, but Uyghurs are not innocent on this issue as well. Because uh, there, there is uh, actually a lot of things, the activities that Uyghurs have been involved with over the years that uh, are very concerning, especially in a country like China, that the amount of explosives they are able to, they were able to smuggle into that country with, with the type of laws and regulations that they have deserves scrutiny. And, and, and at the same time, uh, yeah, uh, I want to actually uh, end this episode by talking about this one very interesting article from I saw from the I saw from uh, the Guardian from 2011, which was actually a which was uh, where they say that uh, I, I will actually let me just get the article up and um, this is a classic example of what narratives are so. You know, we are constantly fed the narrative that, uh, you know, certain type of leaders, certain type of uh, aspects of history, they've been cherry-picked and glorified while uh, we are not allowed to even sort of look, explore the nuance of another one. For example, you know, you can be lose your Facebook uh, or your social media account for simply even having an image of Hitler, even if even if that image is critical of Hitler, yeah, you know what I mean. That I mean, they go to such extreme lengths to make sure that nothing about uh, that part of the history is talked about. But the same Guardian also, you know, not not while long while ago they had an article called "While Genghis Khan Was Good for the Planet," and uh, so basically the, the argument that they are making is that uh, you know Genghis Khan, in fact, may have not been a great warrior. Uh, may have not just been just the greatest warrior, but the greatest eco-warrior of all time, according to a study by the Carnegie Institution's uh, uh, Department of uh, Global Energy. Uh, it has concluded that the 13th century Mongol leader's bloody advance, laying waste to vast swaths of territory and wiping out entire civilizations en route, may have scrubbed uh, off uh, 700 million tons of carbon from the atmosphere roughly the quantity of carbon dioxide generated in a year through the global petrol consumption by uh, <laughs> allowing previously populated and cultivated lands to uh, return to carbon absorbing forests so i mean this is uh, i mean this is what i mean like so you know that like i i put up a meme saying that when you make a when you make love and war in a remarkably <laughs> eco friendly manner you know just, i mean that, that this is this is a typical case of how narratives are constructed and the, so basically they want us to have this uh, succumb to this narrative that if you are a leader from a certain part of the world uh, you know representing a certain ethnic group or representing a certain ideology then the, those leaders we will give them a pass we uh, i mean i think dan carlin the famous historian who who also has a great podcast I recommend anyone. I think he, he mentioned something very uh, good. You know, it's like a, he, he makes a point that as we get further from history, events in history, it becomes easier to ignore the truly horrific parts of that history and, uh, uh, you know, talk about the good stuff that the public, for example, the public perception of Alexander the Great is probably generally favorable, although, you know, if you ask a Persian or a Spartan or an Egyptian, it's not. But... But that this is the narrative that we want to go beyond, that we want to explore. I mean, I'm not even saying that, I'm not even being critical of Guardian for 
putting this one, I think, yeah, okay, so maybe there is a nuance that is worth exploring. But at the same time, though, they are also wildly inconsistent. They want us to, you know, you know, believe in that narrative. But if we were to ever, you know, talk about something else that is against their worldview, uh, I mean, I'm not particularly talking about Nazism here, but I think that is just that, 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 but... But not even Nazim, even during the Trump time, you know what I mean? Like even during the Trump era, there, there's, a, there's so much a, of, uh, uh, you know, information from Trump era that's being suppressed right now by social media. Uh, and, and these are the same people who want us to believe that Gang Genghis Khan was good <laughs> for climate change. You know what I mean? I mean, this is, this is a clear-cut example of how we are being forced to align with certain types of narratives. And... It, it's all being cherry-picked and right now I mean I'm not surprised that they will bring this up you know start, start making us want to believe that Genghis Khan was good for the planet because uh, you know there is all this uh, there was a recently a documentary by uh, David Attenborough of uh, documentary shows what happens to earth when you take humans out of circulation for a year so you know the, the, there is a, this whole uh, push for depopulation uh, happening because of from climate change, yeah, once again, you know, the world economic conspiracy. So, of course, uh, they, they are going to want to, you know, test the waters with very extreme <laughs> stuff like Yangus Khan just to make us believe that, yeah, okay, maybe mass population control or killing people off or genocide is uh, maybe one solution to taking care of this. And those are, that's... Um, I mean, that's one reason why we did pick this podcast uh, title to be Beyond Narratives because we want to show that, you know, these are the narratives and you are often severely discouraged or being scrutinized or, in fact, being harassed for going beyond that narrative. And we want to make you aware of the fact that sometimes when you want to talk about things and have an honest opinion, you have to be able to step outside and not try to attack people because it goes against a certain narrative. And I see a lot of smart people constantly doing that every time they, you know, if I, I saw somebody, some a friend of mine once said, said on both sides, she used said on both sides for some argument and said then this other guy was like, isn't that what Trump said? Good, fine people on both sides. So it's he, he quickly just used that narrative just to suppress her from even using that phrase. Yeah, so... And that, that you see this all the time now, and uh, it just drives me insane that people are more and more being brainwashed into uh, sticking to narratives. That's a wrap, and we'll be back next week to do it all over again. Uh, if you need to catch us, uh, we're on Twitter. I go by AlanFX underscore, and Chris goes as True Free Thinkers, or is it Thinkers True? Yeah, I think it's at Thinkers True. And you can also find us. On Spotify, Beyond Narratives, as well as YouTube, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Beyond Narratives. We'll be back next week to do it all over again. So till then, see you and peace out. <laughs>